Hi everyone, I'm your host Pietro Ferracini and you're listening to The Italianpreneur. My show is all about learning from mistakes and on it you'll hear a 20-minute interview with a young entrepreneur and you should listen if you're incredibly busy but still eager to learn. You will be ready but you'll never think you're ready and that's the key. So it just starts today and then the thing is another thing let's just say oh in five years i'll be ready but if you start today it won't take five years for you to get ready because you learn quicker when you're actually doing things and instead of five years maybe already in a year my favorite quote uh in entrepreneurship is uh, an entrepreneur is someone who jumps out of a plane and builds a parachute on his way down or builds a plane on his way down it's that pressure of falling to your death aka your company going bankrupt that pressures you to learn quick if not you're just waiting around you learn here and there no stress it's the pressure that makes you you know pressure can make diamonds but uh yeah Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with that metaphor as just exactly like that. You you might mm-hmm. think at the beginning that you know what you're doing, but when you're, when you're into it, you're like, oh, fuck, like, I need to figure this out because I'm, yeah. I'm not prepared. There's no manual for entrepreneurship. Yeah. Not like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to follow this book and uh, do this thing right. for entrepreneurship. No, you got to make it But once you're already your in it, yeah, but once you're already in it, you're much more likely to learn quickly. Whereas looking at it from the outside, you're kind of like, Like, ah, uh, it takes so much effort. Like, it, it's, it's kind of like on the outside, like once you're in, you're already committed. So you're much more likely to, to put in the hours to learn and go and go and go. Whereas if you if you look at it from the outside, like you think of all the steps you have to take, like there's this, like there's a million things you have to do before you can become like successful or like have a successful business or you sell a business for a million euros. There's like a million steps. And just there's, it's so overwhelming to look at it from the outside. But the second you're in it, you don't have to worry about the million step. You just have to worry about the next one. And then when you exactly. get to that one, then the next one. And then when you get to that one, then the next one. It's one step at a time. It's like everything. Take it one day at a time, one step at a time, and it's not as overwhelming. But everything seems overwhelming when you look at it from uh, like a bystander's position. So interesting. Totally. Very interesting perspective. I, I, I like that picture of looking at it. Like this huge uh, ladder that you got to climb that seems yeah. like kilometers, but... You know, Oof, when, when, you're, a good when you're climbing it, you're doing it. One ladder is like this, and the yeah. dude's standing here, and he can't even reach the first step. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what a huge step. And that's what throws him off. That's what makes him be like, okay, I don't want to start entrepreneurship, because that's what you see. But the reality is that if that's not the first step. That's the first step. And then that, 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 that. And if you just take them step by step, small, you'll get to the same height, but you won't feel overwhelmed because you just did small. It's like breaking it up. Oh, it's like, okay. Also, okay, like also it. just like uh, workload, workload. You get, you know, Like your thesis, oh, it's super scary. I thought it was scary too, but then I realized I just have to write like, a, I don't know, 200 words a day. You're saying all yeah. those, well, you're telling us all those things about entrepreneurship, all those tips yeah. or those uh, perspectives, but what makes you an entrepreneur? Like what, what gives you the title to say those things? Can you tell us about the mistakes that you have made and what you have learned from it? I like to think about ideas and then bringing them to life. That's like the most simple way I can put it. I like, I love, I just, I'm always thinking of ideas. I'm always like going through life, looking at things like, man, I wish that wasn't like that. Or wouldn't it be so much better if it was like this? And, and, and then finding a way to execute it. Like today, today, oh, by the way, I'm 22. And today's the first day I drove a car alone by myself. I drove mm-hmm. to work because I just got my license in Belgium. It's so hard. Anyways, I just got my license and I drove and I get to the, the parking thing. And I'm like, I've never used this. 
And, and I realized I had to put coins in. I'm like, who has coins nowadays? So I'm like, shit, like, wow. Anyway, so I'm like, it takes time. I need to go to, a, I need to, go to like a place. I need to take coins out, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. I'm like, wouldn't it be so nice if there's like an app? Okay, turns out it already exists, obviously. But still, <laughs> it's, it, if it hadn't exist, trust me, that's what I'd be doing next. It's just like trying to improve. I, in the way I look at it is really just like going through life with an eye open for like improvements or um or opportunities you can either take something that's kind of broken and improve it or you can take something that doesn't exist and bring it to life and it's just yeah it's i think that's kind of the essence of being an entrepreneur taking something and making it better or making it novel and new yeah it, and i think it's it's also what i feel that whenever i'm going around i'm also thinking of what can i change what can be better so it's definitely mm-hmm. the, the, the like the vision of entre- entrepreneurship but do you acquire that by being an entrepreneur and getting out there or is it something that you're born with? What, what is your, what is your opinion? Okay. 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 That's something I've had a lot of talks about. So I have quite a bit of an opinion about that. Okay. Go for it. I, I don't think you're born an entrepreneur or you're not born an entrepreneur. I think definitely it's something that you learn that you can choose to be better at, that you can improve at. It's not like, I don't think it's an, like being an entrepreneur is, it's not like something you're like, it's not like a skill you're born with, but there are skills that make a great entrepreneur that you could be more uh, in, like you could be better at just by birth. For example, communication, I think for most entrepreneurs is an important thing. If you're, if you're very, very uh, uncomfortable approaching people, for example, it might be it making, it might make your entrepreneurial life or journey a bit tougher. That doesn't mean you can't be a good entrepreneur. You just got to partner with someone like, a, you know, the, the Steve Jobs to the Steve Wozniak. Wozniak, yeah. from what I understood, he wasn't like super charismatic. He wasn't super outgoing. He didn't really like, was, he wasn't able to like express a vision, but he met Jobs and he was that. So he was his, uh, yeah. Complimentary. His yang, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. complimentary. Exactly. So, um, so that's, that's the thing is I feel like if you're resourceful, if you're resourceful, you can just be anyone and still be a great entrepreneur, but you have to be resourceful. But I think the, the entrepreneurs that become really successful are the ones that have a mix of like resourcefulness, hard work. And also, I mean, it obviously helps if you have kind of like talent just from the get-go. Of course, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But if you just start with talent and you work hard, it, 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 like, you know, it, it benefits you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so... I can give a, I can give a, I can give a, what's it called? Uh, Like a, I love giving analogies. I think that's a really easy way to understand. For example, there are basketball players that are maybe six foot tall, which in in general, six foot tall is tall, but like for NBA standards, that's not so tall. That doesn't mean a six foot tall player or shorter can't be an NBA player, but he has to work way harder to become so good at the things he can do that he's good enough to play with the six foot five guys or the seven foot guys. So it's kind of like you got to make up for the, your weaknesses. So you either work way harder, but of course, if you're born seven foot, you already yeah. have a way bigger advantage over 99% of the population to become a basketball player. And it's the same with people born with, you know, skills that are really good for entrepreneurship. But as I'm saying, you don't need them to become successful as an entrepreneur, but they do help. Uh, yeah. Well, you said something very interesting. You, you, you said that you, should, you could find someone complimentary. Let's say... You're very good at marketing and like you, mm-hmm. you, you can manage people, but you really mm-hmm. suck at math. Like you, you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. You need, mm-hmm. you need a skill 
that fills that gap. You know, you need you need to mm -hmm. find someone. And that I think is where the ability of being able to talk to people, being outgoing uh, mm -hmm. and open can help you a lot because you can attract the people that feel that can fill your gaps. So it really I think resonates. Interpersonal, yeah, I think interpersonal skills never hurt in life, period. It doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. Interpersonal skills help you be better with humans. And at the end of the world, the world is just... Uh, sorry, at the end of the day, the world is just a bunch of humans. So if you can interact with them well, you have, you can, yeah, you can interact with humans. They run companies. If you can interact well with humans, you can probably collaborate with companies more easily. You can have, I don't know, better bank loans or better oh. investments from investors, all important things. So yeah, interpersonal skills is something you can be born with um, and it will definitely help you. I think interpersonal skills will definitely help you as an entrepreneur. But once again, don't be discouraged. If you're if you don't feel like your interpersonal skills are that great, one, you can definitely improve them, definitely. And 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 two, there's as I said, there's always a jobs to a Wozniak. Totally, no totally, totally. There's a will, there's a way. I love that saying. If there's a will, there's a way. If you want to find that person for you, you'll find him. But it's not it's not easy. It takes perseverance, which is obviously very important for entrepreneurship. Totally, totally. I, I agree hundred percent with you. Sebastian, let's talk a little bit about you. Like what, what, give me like a very, very quick and to the point uh, resume of you. Like what, what are your companies? Where, where you come from? Like who are okay. you? My name is Sebastian Ringo Setter, but I go by Sebastian Ringo because I believe that everyone is a brand and having the last name Ringo Setter is super hard to spell, super hard to pronounce for most people. And I understand that affects the ease of which people communicate with me. Therefore, I changed it to Sebastian Ringo. That's kind of like my... Anyways, okay, so I'm Italian-American. I'm 22. I was born in Italy, but I, raised, I was raised most of my life in Belgium. Um, I went to an international school where I was able to like meet a lot of different people from different cultures, which I think was fundamental. And the, the school that I went to also taught in a very open-minded, like you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it, which is very like like that more liberal ideology, like you can do anything you want. So that's kind of my origins. And then uh, what am I doing right now? I am running a uh, sneaker company. So a sneaker resale, streetwear, accessories, all that kind of stuff, everything to do with streetwear. We buy it all around the world and we sell it all around the world, but based in Belgium. Uh, and I'm doing this with two co-founders. So it's myself and two other co-founders. The story is long, but you can find it on YouTube. Jerk uh, Drops on YouTube, you can look. Uh, everything everything to do with drip toss anyways um we are three co-founders one guy's called marshall contos um i met him in high school and then sabrin ranger he's a belgian guy and uh, he's the best friend of marshall and us three together we uh we came together yeah to make this company called drip drops and it's been around now for one year officially but we were doing it also unofficially before just like on a bit more low-key um, yeah, yeah under the radar and that's that's something i would recommend for everyone who starts if you already immediately try to incorporate companies you know you'll have accounting costs you'll have tax costs you'll have social security costs it's like of course i'm not saying that you should evade anything you should be 100 legal but when you're only making i don't know a k a thousand euros here and there there's no need the bank is not gonna you know break through your front door like put your hands up you'll be making a thousand euros illegally no it's fine. But once you start getting to a bigger scale, definitely incorporate, definitely do things the right way. But to start, it, that's, that's one of the big steps that people, that scares people off. So I, I think I would personally suggest 
Just start, just start. That's the most important thing. Don't overthink, just start whatever it is. Add the value, add the service, do whatever, and then worry about the legal stuff. No one's going to start knocking on your door about making 100 euros here and there uh, when you're small. Okay, anyway, so we started small like that and then we grew it. And then recently, yeah, we incorporated the company about a year ago. Um, so that's Trip Drops. Two guys, they're, they're huge sneakerheads. They've had, man, sneakers since way before I knew what sneakers even were. They're a bit older than me also. They're super knowledgeable about the sneaker industry. They're also business guys, uh, but they definitely bring all the sneaker knowledge ever. They have, they've, had, they've had hundreds, I mean, hundreds of pairs personally, like personal ones they put on their own feet yeah. uh, over the years. So these guys are like, man, I found the most knowledgeable people in Belgium for sure. And, uh, and I had no knowledge, but I had more of like an entrepreneurial business uh, knowledge i guess uh and we just put it together and we made this company and it's been going great so i'm super proud of that and then there's this company that i started actually three years ago this has been the slowest development i've ever experienced in my life it's called quickie it's uh it's uh it's which a is funny is that is the the slowest development quickie, is I, know. Quickie. <laughs> I know i know i know it's, it's a joke that everyone mocks me. i'm well aware but anyways yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> no no i get you i get you uh, uh but anyways uh it's called quickie it's a dating app for students. It's a, it's a gamified experience. I don't want to give too much uh, away because it will be out soon. And by soon, I hope in the next month. But uh, it's something I started in first year of university. So literally four years ago. And it's just been in the works. Oh, wow. I, I did start it immediately. Just, just, just so I'm, 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 I'm practicing what I preach. I did start it immediately. But long story short, I started it. It took a long time to like make the idea come to life. And then when that app was out on the app market, after one year of like coding and all that stuff, I outsourced it. I didn't like it. So it stopped, started from scratch. And then it's been two years. So that's kind of like the roadmap. And now it's kind of ready to be out there. Anyways, it's called Quickie. It's, a, I think, a really cool, different, refreshing take to the dating uh, app. Um, yeah, dating apps. Uh, and it's to cure the Maastricht syndrome, both in Maastricht and abroad. So that's that's. <laughs> what uh, is that's the Maastricht quickie. syndrome for the people that are, don't know about it? Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so, in essence, from what I understand, the Maastricht syndrome is people in Maastricht University have a lot of work to do because we have exams every six to eight weeks, whereas other universities it's like once every six months. So you have a lot of partying time. But I think us in Maastricht. We always have things to do. We always have studying to do. We always have course assignments or like work, always work. So we have less time to socialize and party. On top of that, on top of that, there are not many like clubs that stay open until late. There are not many parties. There are not like many popping bars, I would say. So the, the, basically the nightlife's small. That means people get with each other less. Also, there are way more girls than guys. And uh, which sounds like a good thing in essence, but apparently it's not. <laughs> apparently it messes up how the, the relationships go. Anyways, it makes it, it makes it so that people don't really, let's say, date or hook up or there's not much of that like university ambiance, if you will. And that's what Quickie tries to bring. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That's very fun. And um, that's, very fun. That's, that's currently what I'm doing. And then I just started, I don't know if this is so relevant. It's not really entrepreneurial, but it, it is kind of entrepreneurial. It, I'm a real estate agent now. I'm working to become a real estate agent. Like mm -hmm. I currently am one and I'm working to have like a, a, an official license, but I'm, I'm working towards it. And uh, I really like it because it's a sales job. It's a marketing job. It's like a, a human relationship job where you talk to people all the time. You prospect, prospect, prospect. A lot of perseverance needed to be successful and you're an independent. So no one pays you by the month. They, you get paid by the results. And that's something that 
I can almost only work that way. If you pay me just by the month, I just won't care to give my 100%. Because why? If I give 70%, I'm still going to pay getting paid the same amount as if I give 110%. So, um, so real estate is different. Uh, it's really like performance-based. And I, I love it. So I'm working at Remax, uh, which is a huge, huge international company. And we're, we're just new in Belgium. So we're trying to, yeah, do some, uh, just, uh, just enter the market here and then grow. And then in my past life, past life, I used to throw parties for seven years. I threw events for students mostly um, at like clubs, at hotels, in Maastricht. I did it in a few venues at Musikitrai, at Den Himmel, at the Lab, at the Sun Hotel, and then in Belgium in a few other places. So events, love events. I think they're really fun. You get to meet a lot of people and uh, networking is really great. Yeah. Fantastic. That's and uh, so I am pretty sure there are a bunch of people out there. They're like, yeah, you know, I have this idea. I want to create this app. You know, they always come up with this, this idea that they want to create an app, right? Like if, if, yeah. if it was the thing. But yeah. tell me, tell, tell us a little bit about the reality of creating an app. Because you've been working on it for years, right? <laughs> That's such a good question. I would love to express my thought on what it what. Okay, so the, the appeal of an app is that essentially it's not so expensive. Essentially, it's not so complicated. And you put it out there. I don't want to crush anyone's dreams. I think it is very doable. It's definitely easier to start make an app than, I don't know, start an industrial company, obviously, right? So it's, it's still much more accessible. The barrier of entry is way lower. But what, com what comes with the low barrier of entry is infinite competition, number one. Uh, so yeah, it, it's you versus a million other kids who want to make an app, but that's like kind of the reality of the world. So I don't think that should, I don't think that part should discourage you. What, what I think is important is for you to be very clear minded about the fact that one, an app is not like a website. It's way more expensive in general, unless you code it yourself. But I, I, I tend to outsource because I do not have any coding knowledge. So I try to find someone who can do that for me. It, it's quite a bit more expensive. It definitely takes more time. It takes more expertise. So I think a lot of people can make a website nowadays. Not many people can make a good app without bugs, without glitches and stuff. It is quite a lot more expensive. I, I, I cannot imagine an app costing less than 10,000 euros, even if you outsource it to, let's just play places where there's still very, yeah, very knowledgeable and, and expert people in this field, but where the labor costs are lower, it would still run you, I think, at least 10K from my expertise, at least a more networking app. I think if you make a very simple app, maybe it's a bit cheaper, but I think 10K is um, kind of the lowest you could ever spend on an app. At least that's my opinion. I don't want to yeah, be- Yeah, no, but I, I, can, I can add on that. Uh, I have a friend of mine yeah, who please. does that as a job. Like he creates okay. apps for people that want Yeah app uh because he has a team of developers okay. and he said that usually an app costs 40k like for what i was just about to say 40k yeah. in europe if you get a simple app in europe by not a big company 40k but exactly. if you outsource you know you can get you know cheaper. 75 percent cheaper and then you can yeah. Yeah. uh you can get it for around 10 but um but yeah, just so saying, and what else is uh is difficult about creating an app okay uh yeah Hard to make, takes a long time, very expensive in relative terms. Um, the beauty is that, you know, if it's good, it can be in everyone's phone literally overnight. That's the beauty of it because it's, it's not like, it's not a physical product. And that's, yeah, that's just something nice about the internet. But as I said, higher competition. What else is difficult about it? Uh, distinguishing yourself, um, retention rates. So even if you get a lot of people on board soon, who uh, who's... Who's, who's keeping yeah. them on there? You, yeah, you really have to make, give them reasons to stay. So create a lot of value. Uh, very competitive investors 
are keen on investing because returns can be great, but there are a lot of investors who also, they don't invest on the first round. So they invest in like the second round, like not on the seed phase because they're like, yeah, yeah, you're just another kid with an app. Like everyone says that, you know, and then you have to wait until, so I think there's a lot of bootstrapping involved in, uh, in an app. You first have to put it out there with your own, with your own power, with your own context. And then when it's out there and you have, you know, a, a healthy, a healthy amount of people who use it, active users, don't go for like, a, don't go for like 10,000 users who use it once every like few months, go for like a hundred users who use it every day of their life. That's always more powerful. Mm. Try to do that. And then, yeah, yeah. Then funding is definitely possible. It's attractive for investors. The return on investment is, can be great, but it also is much more likely never to bring in a pen. So yeah this is a uh, this is very true not only about apps but about entrepreneurship in general that it Indeed. could be an amazing investment with huge returns mm -hmm. and i think in, in every case it is because you the entrepreneur you learn in the process mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah. On that and you could end up with debt and you can end up with like a broken business model or yeah. like a business that does not work so it's very you learn or you earn you learn or yeah you learn or you earn. You have to, you earn or you learn. That's how you have to look at it. If, if you think that you can only win or lose, it's a bit of a bad mentality because as long as you're reflecting and you're learning from your, your, your losses or your failures, you don't have to necessarily view them as failures because you're one step farther than you were before you started. And I think it's, it's definitely much more of a, of a loss if you don't start it. I think it's way better just to start. Just like they say, I think it's like, the biggest battle is like showing up. And once you showed up, you've already done more than most people do. And then it's, then it's off to the races, but. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, I, well, again, once again, we, we find each other pretty uh, on the same, on the same wave, mental wave. Cause yeah. I agree with that. Cause most of the people, and, and this is something that I already said in this podcast, but I want to repeat it because people need to hear this. That yeah. is, it's not a, when you tell about, well, when you were telling about your business idea with someone, you're, you're, you're afraid that someone is going to steal it from you, that they're going to like, you know, go out mm -hmm. and do it and you're going to get fucked. You know, that's not how it happens. Like people have their lives. They have their problems. They employ their time in a very different way. So talking about your idea, sharing and getting feedback on it, Oof. it's not going to hurt you. It's just of course. going to make it better. And no one yep. has the time to go out and create random companies on ideas that they heard from friends. Like you really need to want this. And when you're creating a company, you really need to be sure that you want to employ that time and, and go solve that problem. Because if you're not, like, yes. you're, just, you're gonna fail completely. You need to be motivated. You need to have a real reason why you're doing it. Because you don't want to become an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is cool. You gotta like it. Yeah, I, I, I could literally reiterate everything you said. I totally agree. Um, I don't think people are out there to copy your idea. I think the only time you have to worry about that is when you're so successful that, yeah, you have a worry to, like you have a fear of someone stealing your ideas. But until you're making probably like millions, yeah, copycats no one's are trying coming. to steal your Copycats will yeah. come. Like you see, you see, and even if they do, successful companies doing that. Yeah. And even if you do nowadays, man, like it's, it's very hard to protect your original ideas so what the what the best thing you can do is in my opinion if you can't protect them legally especially when you're doing an app by the way i looked into that but you you can like almost very hard to copyright or patent anything app-wise very difficult you, you can only patent from what i understand from 
yeah, the accountant I spoke to, once again, not legal advice, but just saying, <laughs> I think you can only patent very specific code. code. Yeah. But if someone just switches it up a little bit, boom, it's their own idea. And yeah. You just spend so, so don't even worry about spending. Like, look at, if you want a good example, look at Snapchat. Everything they do, Facebook uh, and Instagram, they copy it and they probably do it even better. But it doesn't matter. They're always innovating. They're always bringing something new and fresh to the table. And, and they put it out first and they get the recognition for it. And that's all you can do. If, 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 Snapchat can't, if Snapchat can't protect their story idea, you can't protect your own app. So just put it out there. Make sure you market it well. Make sure you get people on board. And listen, if someone copies you, you're always going to be 10 steps ahead because you're copying you. So Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful, cool. beautiful. Uh, I just want to like take again what you just said and, and the fact that Snapchat iterates and changes and like does new things, you know, evolves technologically. That is something which is unique to startups, which is their competitive advantage over all the other normal Speed, companies. Because yeah. we can do things faster and we can innovate much, much like quicker than anyone else. Because we have small teams, like very focused on the product. And, and that is what brings a lot of value as well. Because we can learn from what works and what doesn't work and, and yeah. bring new things up and test it and test it and test it. Really scientific testing that gets you feedback and can help improve. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Every time something gets bigger, in general, it gets slower. So keep that in mind. If you have an investor, if you have a, a competitor that's 10 times bigger than you, it probably can't react at the same speed as you. So you have, there's always a competitive advantage. And I think it's very important to always look at what you can do better and play on your strengths. And, you know, if one of your strengths is, is not your funding, then, then you got to be smart with your finances. What can I totally. say? Um, totally. But everyone starts, almost everyone starts with no funding. But that's, I don't think that's a problem. I think, I think not having funding, I'm sorry, I think that the difficulty of funding weaves out a lot of people who would not have made it otherwise. Because look, if everyone started with a million euros, I think almost the same, well, if everyone started with a million euros, then a million euros wouldn't be a million euros anymore. But that's aside the point. If everyone who started a startup started with a million euros in funding, I think it would be the same rate of failure. I think there would be the same rate of bankruptcy because it having a bunch of money does make not better. make your idea good. No. It makes it distributable. It makes it more, but it doesn't make it good. And yeah, you have more, you have more lead room to like experiment, but at the beginning, everything has to be very lean. Everything has to be very cheap as exactly. affordable as possible. That whole MVP idea, the minimal viable product, put something mm -hmm. out there that's not so expensive. You can test it out. And if it's not good, it's fine. Drop it, drop your losses. Don't like the whole idea of sunk costs. Just, just, it's fine. I mean, if you really believe in something, continue, keep putting money in it. But if, if you're just continuing to put money and time in an app or a company or in anything, a project, anything, doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, that you no longer believe in just because you put money in it in the past, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot. Totally. And that's pretty painful to see. So, totally. And companies I, do that too. It's not just startups. No, it, it is. It's human being. You know, it's like, it's your baby. You gotta kill your baby. It's not. It's not a decision that yeah. you take uh, on a Friday night when you're out. You know, something, <laughs> something you need to reflect on. Like uh, as I was saying, like I, I'm, I'm pretty much like terminating my my first startup. And even though I kind of yeah, knew it in hard. the back of my head, uh, because we we haven't been uh, operating in a year because we the team is all scattered around the world, it's just 
painful because you're killing a part of yourself. You, you put a lot of time and sweat mm-hmm. and tears and blood into something. You got to kill it. But the it's thing is that, yeah, it's your identity. I, I'm that. Like people, when they see me, when I go back to Egypt, they're like, oh yeah, how's your wine business? Uh, I just killed it. You know, I'm, I'm doing something yeah. else. You know, it's like, it's part it's of tough. you. It's like you're changing. But it's growth. It's growth. It's growth. It's, growth. it's, growth. it's when you're passing from uh, adolescence to adulthood. You know, you're changing your personality. You're moving up. You're doing something different. So, of course, you need to change. Yeah. Um, okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> you, you, you close your, your past chapter and move on. But just make sure you take the lessons with the, of the past chapter. That's it. Yeah, don't, for, don't forget your luggage, you know, like. Close, don't cl- forget close the your house, luggage. but don't forget your luggage inside. You need to get And don't forget the keys. You got to yeah. come back one day. <laughs> yeah, got to get the keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. by the all keys, right. in my case, is like all the branding effort that we put in this company, the logo, you know, all the like the processes. I'm keeping this. Like it's on Google there Drive. Go. As long as Absolutely. I got a Google account, I got it. So you never know. Absolutely. But yeah, you're the registering like from the legal system. So officially on paper, you're company's dead but it's not yeah but no one cares about that. exactly no one cares about that. that's only legality and no one cares about legality but yeah <laughs> especially in italy <laughs> oh yeah tell me about it <laughs> well this is the italian so podcast so you know it's uh oh, we gotta, yes, talk, we gotta exactly. talk about the the homeland yes, anyway absolutely. just to, to close it up sebastian tell me tell me one tell thing me. that uh you would like to tell to your younger self before starting your entrepreneurial journey? Like, what is the one thing that you said, yeah, I wish I knew that before I started? Taking things one step at a time. I, I don't have a problem with that. Like, if I have an idea, I just jump and I just do it. I take the first step and I just do it. That's not my problem. My problem is I get often, I often pressure or overwhelm myself mm-hmm. by step 1000. And I'm like, yo, I'm at step three chill like you know this is internal dialogue mm-hmm. i'm thinking yeah but in five years when i'm in this other country and and then i have this business in this country and i want to start this then what's going to happen i'm like why am i worrying about in five years you know like yeah. i think it's so good to be long-term oriented and like be very like don't 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 try to like don't try to only think in like i don't know one year or one month because then you're not planning for future success but i think i may do that too much to the point where it stresses like, you out. I yeah. Should, yeah, you know, like it's so hard to know what's going to happen in five years. It's actually impossible to know what's going to happen in five years. Mm-hmm. So why worry about it? As long as you have like some kind of vision, then life will take you somewhere. Like the road is uncalculatable, but you can do things in life that will hopefully get you to that vision. But you can't actually predict exactly how you get there. It's like if you have a destination in your GPS, when you click you know, like go, when you click go on ways or something, which by the way, has amazing customer retention. <laughs> side note, side <laughs> note. <laughs> when you click go on ways, you know, you're going to get to the place where you want to go, but you don't know what route it will give you depending on so many different variables. Like mm. the, if there's traffic, if there's a, if there's an accident, if there's a road that's closed and that's a kind of like a metaphor of life. It's like, you just have to have that destination and then not worry about you know the the the, the route that mm-hmm. life chooses for you, you yeah. and that's kind of something you gotta put in your head. At least, first, I'm talking about myself right now, right? So uh, some people maybe don't have this problem, but I, I I think of like I you know I I think I have my vision pretty clear, but I don't know exactly how to get there. But I think I but I really do believe I will get there. 
but I'm like, yo, what are all the roads? What's, you know, what's, what's the 10th turn that I need to take, but all I have to worry about is the next turn. That's something that I would tell my old, younger self. And I would tell myself today and tomorrow and probably for a long time because it's something I'm like struggling with to like really conceptualize. I get it in theory, but in practice it's hard. That's it. Oh, th- absolutely. Sebastian, thank you very much for sharing this with me and with, with yeah. all the audience, because it, it is true, you know, often it's easy to give advices and sometimes you're the one who needs to hear those advices. So it's good to speak up. Yeah, that's fair. Well put, well put. Because yeah, yep. you, you know, you're, you know you're fucking advice. up. You know you're fucking up. Yeah. So you, you want to tell other people, don't don't be like me, you know, just don't do this thing, but yeah. you keep doing. Anyway. Yeah. anyway. It's, it's like, the I think it's called the psychologist blind spot or something along those lines. Don't quote me, okay. but okay. I think that's what it is. Like psychologists or psychiatrists really not knowledgeable about those two different fields but the person who gives advice to people about like how to help with their mental health or or this and that their life they give all this advice but sometimes they suffer from the same problems they're trying to cure but it's so easy to detect problems in someone else and like try to like help them solve it but it's very hard to be introspective or retrospective introspective introspective, introspective, yeah. yeah enough to see those problems and the solutions that you have to take for yourself it's easier for someone else so it's kind of easy to give advice and not so hard to take it that's Absolutely. why uh i i think i think yeah gandhi had that good quote of like but oh that's... be the change you want to see in the world maybe it's not gandhi yeah? maybe okay. i'm not like an idiot but oh, i think wow. it's be the change you want to see in the world so like if you if you want to have some kind of change you should probably try to be that change and do that change first yeah. absolutely well and to 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 fill up the like the thing of quotes that we're not really sure from who they are yeah the eisenhower said that uh the act of planning is invaluable but the plan itself is useless and what he means uh, by yes. that you know what yes, I, mean? I totally yeah. agree yeah, I've yeah. Seen so that. the, the, the fact of sitting together thinking about Super the future agree. calculating different ways of how mm-hmm. this could go it's really helpful but yeah, the plan absolutely. that you're setting out, the route you know you're Super, completing, might as well throw that never gonna shot. be like that. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. And 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 one way I do that without even knowing, I always take notes of my thoughts and like business ideas or like like anything, anything that kind of crosses my mind related to business. I don't really do it for my personal life, but I do it for like business related topics. I always write them down, and it's been I think six years I've been holding that diary. I think it's got like twenty thousand words. It's like. 40 pages long. It's a humongous document on my Google Docs. Anyways, I always write it down. And for the last six years, I have never read it ever. But it's there. <laughs> but just writing it down helps me. But the actual paper is for someone else to read one day when I die or something. Or maybe we okay. can make it into a book. <laughs> <laughs> Random yeah. ideas in uh, difficult moments of my life. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It helps you. It helps you like get like gain a lot of mental clarity even though you totally i mean at least personally i don't revisit them i think maybe it would help if i revisit sometimes yeah, maybe, maybe that could be a really. thing that could be a thing yeah but listen sebastian right. we've been talking for like an hour now uh, it's been insane it's been we, nice <laughs> it's been very fun it's been very fun so i thank you very much for being on the Italianpreneur, yes. and i yes. wish to talking to you soon yes pleasure thank you so much pietro for having me if that sounds interesting to you make sure to stick around for the next episode Support the show by subscribing to the podcast and by sharing what you learned today with someone dear to you. Feel free to connect by following the links in the description of this episode. And don't waste your time. Instead, invest it by learning something new every single day.
And for those that are interested in being a part of a valuable entrepreneurial community, check out Mustard Entrepreneurs. They offer webinars, competitions, get-togethers, and workshops to bring entrepreneurship closer to their fellow students. Being an entrepreneur, it's about being bold and creative and also a risk-taker. If this sounds like something you want to be a part of, check out Mastered Entrepreneurs on their Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.